Welcome to the Productivity Mastery Podcast, presented to you by myself, Stoyan Yankov, Productivity and Performance Coach, Keynote and TEDx Speaker, and co-author of the Perform Methodology, and the book, Perform, The Unsexy Truth About Startup Success. Join me on a journey to discover what some of the world's leading professionals do to be more productive, create peak performing teams, and build successful global companies. New episodes weekly. And now, enjoy today's episode. Hey, Mark, how are you doing, mate? I am 100%. Good to be here with you. I love it, man. We were just having this discussion, right? You said I'm 100%. I, I just love how it sounds. <laughs> well, like I said, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm, I, I think I'm close to 100%. But what I, I always like to just set the intention because uh, if I'm not, then I can will myself up to there because I'd rather not be below that and just, you know, feel good, right? So, so yeah, 100%. Excited to be here, energized, smiling. I mean, life doesn't get better. I love it, man. And I got to say, you're probably the, the person that I've been recommended to get in touch with the most. Oh, really? <laughs> I love it. Okay. No, but there's been several people and they're like, you got to talk to this smart guy. And, and I've been busy traveling, doing yeah. speeches, workshops, you know, there's so many messages. Then another person, you got to talk to Mark. Okay. And then it's like, okay, it's the same Mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. That's good. I'll have you. I mean, I, I get that too often with 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 others, and and for me, it's usually after it happens two times, then I'm like, okay, I'm following the 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 nudges from the universe here. It's it's time to set up a, a chat, which we did, and I'm, I'm happy we did that. Absolutely, man. Me too. And let's maybe start unloading yeah. <laughs> and unpacking <laughs> for for those of uh, you who are listening and who are joining us live on the podcast feel free to post your question in the comments we'll take some questions because today is going to be an episode about questions <laughs> and i have just the right guy for that mark champagne the author of personal socrates the host of behind the human podcast multidisciplinary creative professional coach, consultant, and what else not. He will share a little bit more about what he does. But I'm very excited to, to talk to you, Mark. And, and maybe just to give up a bit of a context, what do you do these days professionally? Mm. What is your focus and what are you passionate about? Yeah, well, I mean, it's thank you for that question. I mean, everything, because there, as you probably imagine, and I know from your work as well, there's there's typically a few things going on. It's like we live in a, uh, a multi-hyphenated society, uh, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship. So, you know, you mentioned there's the media aspect of things with the podcast, and I'm working on a docu-series as well. There's the book. Then there's also everything I do with teams around training them how to be mentally fit. So first and foremost, they can feel good because I think we all deserve to feel good. Um, and then from that, you perform better and the companies perform and the retention's better and the burnout is less and, and all of that. So irrespective of the medium, you know, sometimes that's in person, sometimes that's virtual, sometimes it's the book, the podcast, the through line is how can I make these practices or rituals and routines as accessible as possible to people? Because they are, you know, this isn't something that you have to sign up for, you know, a month long retreat or 
a 14-day fast or something like that. I mean, this stuff you can literally do right now on the call with us. And most people, myself included, before I started really working into the space, have no idea what's possible. Yet we sit in a lot of mental torture day in, day out, and it just it compounds until there's a problem, right? Until we hit something or like something has to change. So for me, it's, it's, it's trying to help as many people as possible not hit that, ex that explosive wall essentially and be forced into the change and be able to have some preventative, you know, little nudges, little course corrects. And, and then all of a sudden you start feeling better and, and life just becomes better in general, right? I love it, man. And as I know that you center a lot of your work around the concept of mental fitness, I would like it if you can just maybe share with us what is your definition of mental fitness and why is that so important to you? Mm. So mental fitness to me is simply whatever you do to train your mind to work for you instead of against you. And I came to that definition kind of out of necessity because when you, when I first started to really speak about these practices and it, it all started, you know, years back when we launched a uh, guided journaling app, I found there was a lot of conversation around mental health, which is good in the sense that we've come a long way to speak about our mental health openly and not, not be, you know, uh, shunned or hide behind Uh, emotions and, and how we're feeling and our thoughts and whatnot. But if you think about even just me saying mental health, it, you automatically are put into a place of I'm pulling myself out of a hole in a way. It doesn't feel very motivating. Anytime you hear those words, it's usually associated to something negative. Whereas mental fitness includes mental health. It's a, the, To me, it's the umbrella term, but it's also mental performance, mental optimization, mental resiliency. And it's in it, just like physical fitness, it can be motivating, right? It's, it's empowering. It's like, okay, man, I want to become mentally fit. Just like I want to become physically fit. Well, what do I need to do? I need to move today. What do I need to do for my mind? I need to take some time to let my mind breathe. I need to, you know, maybe do a couple rounds of, of breath work or one breath and just an open posture. I mean, these are small little things, but they have tremendous, tremendous impact into um, our days, which then, you know, fuel our weeks and our years and so forth. And, and that's why, you know, I try to stay on the, on the lens of, of possibility and positivity, because I feel like we can do more when we're, we're in that mental state, right? That's when we think our best. That's when we feel our best. Um, Because the opposite, which is the other state of mind, we're either in uh, or not, because we're only ever in those two states of mind, a thriving state or a survival state. And we've all been in the survival state. It's not to say that we uh, will never be in that state. It's just recognizing when we are and how we can flip out of it, because you typically don't feel good or do your best thinking and best work when you're in a place of you know stress or fear and anxiety. Yeah, and I guess nature, God, the universe gave us Give us these stages for a reason, right? Survival yeah. stage is, is is not useless, right? It's there are certain situations that the, you you have to be in this stage so you can you can do the right thing to survive. But of course, but what about the, you know doing that on a daily basis and being worrying and being stressed about things you shouldn't be stressed? Mark, it's so interesting you're talking about that because this morning I woke up and I had some a few kind of stressful weeks. 
you know, just uh, many things were moving. I've been traveling, trying to fix things. Your exercise routine starts to suffer. Your yep. nutrition starts to suffer. You're not sleeping so well. And I kind of get off my optimal state. And, yeah. and this morning I woke up and, and I was in the zone. I was in the zone. Oh, yeah, and it. I was like, man, man, I just, just everything comes together. I'm so present. I'm so yeah. in the moment. I'm so focused. I'm peaceful. And, and, and I was just like, I was reflecting. I'm like, well, what happened? Well, the last couple of weeks, you've been exercising every single day. You, you cut down on coffee. You started drinking a lot of water. You started, uh, you know, not having many meetings, but meeting only positive people. Like, like it's been, yeah. it's not one thing I did. It's, it's a combination of all those small habits and steps that led me to a place that today I can say, man, what a beautiful day. What a beautiful yeah. day. Exactly. It's, the, it's those micro habits, those micro behaviors that then stack and create what you're experiencing. And the thing is that state of flow and that, that, you know, that vibe that you're feeling, you can flip into that in a moment's notice just by relying on a personalized set of practices and rituals that work for you. So you know, okay, if I'm hydrated, if I, I lower my caffeine intake, if I'm sleeping well, if I'm moving my body, you know those things are going to create positive change for you. So for everyone listening, create your list. I mean, all of those things will for sure help you. I, Everyone should have sleep on, on their list because it's, it's the thing that if you're not sleeping seven to nine hours uh, a day, just scientifically, you're stacking the, the, the deck against you. doesn't matter what kind of practice we put in place, what kind of breath work, what kind of journaling. If you're not, sleep, if you're not sleeping, resting, and recovering in the night, the science is so obvious. You know, We're just not performing well and we don't feel well because we need that there's a reason we need we need sleep so please have that on your list but then after that just the question is what are what are five practices or rituals or activities that when i do these things i know with a hundred percent certainty that my mind feels good and then you have your your list to default to so soon as you know as soon as you get that email that throws you off or you just wake up and you're not feeling you know a hundred percent just default to one of those things in the list, you know, and some may be longer, you know, if it's exercise, typically it's probably 20, 30 minutes plus. Um, but for me, it's, you know, I'm just going to do a minute of breath work and I'm immediately in a different mental state. I do breath work with every team. I don't tell them I do it because, um, you know, they come in with these, they kind of preconceived notions like, oh boy, what's, you know, he's going to show up in a robe and, and what are we going to be doing here? Right. Again, nothing wrong with any of that, but that's not my vibe. Um, but all of a sudden, you know, just, okay, everyone, we're going to, we're going to set some intentions and I'm going to lead you through three minutes. The room is completely different and you can feel it within minutes. And, and that's the point is just to show all of us, myself included, that this, this state change is accessible at any point, right? Cause what's the alternative? We can stay in that, that, that looping mind, you know, narrative of, oh, why did they reply like that? Or, or even in my case, like, why didn't they reply? Did I do something? Did I not send the right proposal details? Like whatever, you know, whatever that is, that's just not productive. And it definitely doesn't support feeling good. And when you flip into that loop, of course, it's going to be hard to see a clear path forward or be present with your friends, family, kids, and so forth. It's just naturally you're clogging up your mind with a lot of mental debt, right? 
It doesn't have to be like that. Just like you, you know, you can be in that flow state more days than not. I love it, man. And, and I'm actually curious to hear what are your current mental fitness practices? I think it's going to be interesting uh, to the audience to kind of learn what, what do you do now, but, but also um, how did you get to that list? Did you have yeah. to experiment and try things out and something didn't, what was the process of you to actually coming to this list? Yeah. I love that question. I mean, I'm, I am, I'm experimenting every day essentially with, with the practices. What is consistent is the time is prioritizing the time early in the morning. I get up at 5.40 uh, every morning, and usually there's about an hour there of mental, I'd say maybe an hour, an hour and a half of mental and physical fitness. And there, you know, I'll share you know, the consistent practices that are there, but the things that I'm playing with and so forth as well. But to answer your, your last question, because I think it sets it up, how I came to this routine was, this is probably 15 years ago at this point, I just started reading about interesting people and reading like how are they thinking how are they processing life and so forth and really quite quickly actually it, it it was very obvious with whether they were blog posts or books and so forth and then later podcasts they were all asking really powerful reflective questions along their whole their 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 journey personally and professionally and what happened is I started writing down some of the questions that were resonating with me, and then I would answer them in relation to wherever I was at, you know, in, in my life, and just did that for years and years. And when you start any of these practices, just like physical fitness, if you start running is your thing and you start to run, all of a sudden you, you, you kind of join into a running community of some sort. Next thing you know, you're, you're like, oh, I've noticed people are doing yoga to, to say really flexible so they can run even, even better. And all of a sudden, oh, well, their nutrition is like really dialed in. What are you doing? You know, and it, you start to see more things, right? And you start to experiment and you're exposed to this whole other world. And that's what continually happens on this side. The more you're curious about, Okay, well, what are people that, insp that, that inspire me? What are they doing to train their minds to work for them, right? And journaling, um, or just you can just call that reflection because we all journal. We just may not do it intentionally, but we're all asking questions. We're all thinking some more than others. And, and my goal is just to show that if we do it intentionally, if we ask good quality questions, the right ones and lots of them, then all of a sudden you have a really uh, powerful journaling practice. So that's the one that um, I use the most, the one that even this morning, you know, I woke up feeling a bit off and um, I wrote that, you know, I, I feel a little off. And then all of a sudden, by the end of it, I was left with a, a I went through a, a flow of, oh, like, well, you know, what's driving that? What's the fuel that's driving me feeling off so I can cut the fuel source and then finished with, there's a lot of really great things happening, you know, right now. And I listed those things out. Uh, and this podcast was, was one of those, like, I knew that this would just having, you know, ha having had the first conversation with you, I knew it would be impossible not to leave this conversation feeling energized. So for me, that's, that's the win. And hopefully, of course, people on the other side, uh, if, if I'm feeling energized and, and, and motivated, hopefully there's, you know, I say some smart things, uh, let, let's just say, but my point being that whole sequence of journaling took maybe six minutes and completely shifted how I woke, woke up. And then it led into the thing that I'm doing the most, probably no surprise, just based on what I've shared so far, 
is I've been doing breath work and I use, um, I use an app called Othership for that, which is really, uh, really well done, different styles of guided breath work, anywhere from, you know, a couple minutes to, you know, 30 minutes or 60 minutes, depending on what you want to do, for example. Uh, so typically I'll get a few minutes of that in. Um, and then I always have books around that are, and I say books plural because there's usually a book within mental fitness or perspective or philosophy or some sort of self-development book to, to help shift my mind. Sometimes it's stoic, you know, philosophy, Ryan Holiday's books and so forth. Um, because I find those books immediately are able to, you know, steer your mind into a different state and, and, and help you think differently when you're maybe in a, uh, an unwanted mental state. And then typically I have a book related to whatever I'm working on with the business. Like I'm learning something. Um, it's sleep is actually one of them. I have Matthew Walker's book, how we sleep because in, in a lot of the one-to-one clients I'm working with on the mental fitness, as I mentioned, sleep is, is the number one thing that we're, we're working on. So, you know, uh, I've got a, a good amount of knowledge about mental fitness that can help and wind down routines and so forth. But, you know, I just, I want to, I want to learn from the best and, and Matthew Walker is the one that keeps coming up and so forth. So I'm reading his book, I'm taking his masterclass and, and so forth. So that's basically how the flow typically, ha- then I, then I'll do 30 minutes of exercise. And, and then by that time, it's time to drop children off at, at school. So, um, yeah, that's typically how it goes. And the, the main thing, though, is, you know, this morning I started with the journaling right away and a very specific question around, you know, like what's, you know, how am I feeling or what's, what's fueling the discomfort? But it might be different tomorrow. And I think that's the thing I've learned the most out of just studying different rituals and routines and, and interesting people is that just be open to whatever you need today or in the moment and then adjust. But that list, your tools, your toolkit is the key, right? That's how you can adjust. A couple of reflections here. Thank you so much for sharing. So beautiful. When I was in my early 20s and I was exposed to personal development and self-leadership, self-help, started reading all these books, going to seminars. I was looking for the perfect routine, you know? It's like, oh, but how do you do your morning routine, your morning rituals, mental fitness? I was looking for the perfect one. And and it's like, that's that's not the point. No. You know, like I love the, the fact that you are, you're waking up at the same time this is the time for yourself. This is the time for your mental fitness. But maybe this morning you're going to feel a little different and you you feel like you got a journal. You feel yeah. like you got to do a little bit more cardio. I don't know. Like, yeah. Uh, but but you kind of adjust it, but but you're consistent. Yeah. Well, so this happened this this morning with with physical exercise. Typically, I'll do some sort of some sort of strength training uh, and or like a spin class of some sort. Um, this morning for whatever reason, just wasn't feeling it. I felt like I, I don't, the body felt tight. So instead, and this is where it's, this is fun as well, especially when you have a bunch of different practices to play with. So I have a sauna blanket at home, one of those infrared sauna blankets. Um, 
exactly what you probably imagine. You slip into like a blanket essentially. And, um, and then, and then you, you know, it heats up with infrared lights and so forth. So there's a bunch of health benefits to that, of course. And, you know, I was thinking, I feel tight and so forth. So I did a bit of stretching first and then I got into the sauna blanket and instead of doing a short round of breath work, which I would normally do, I swapped out the, the, the time I would normally lift weights, <clears throat> excuse me, or do a spin class. And I, I sat in that blanket for 25 minutes, knowing that over 20 minutes, you start seeing health benefits. And I did a 25 minute guided breath work track while I was in it. So now it's, you're stacking the practices, right? I felt like a million bucks coming out of there because the body felt good. My mind felt good in the breath holes. These, there were really good prompts to, to prime the mind for the day and so forth. So like this, this is what I mean by mental fitness. It's fun. You know, it's motivating. Like I was excited to, to, to jump in, even though I didn't technically do the, 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 the regular routine I would have normally done, but I was doing everything possible just to follow the cues that I'm getting from my own body. And, and that's the thing that the, the more, the more you do these things, the more excited are you to do these things. Like, exactly. like the first time you entered the, the gym, you haven't done it for a couple of years, let's say, right. It's, it's it's not convenient it's not nice you don't know yeah. where to start even if you do it, it just it's just hard and then you build some momentum you do it for a few weeks for a yeah. few months you can't wait to get into the gym because it's it's addictive the feeling that you get when exactly. you finish the, <laughs> yeah. not even when you finish even the process you know when you meditate when you when you journal like when you fully get into it like it becomes it becomes fun it becomes fun exactly but here's the thing if you don't if you don't like to run, for example, that doesn't rule out all of exercise, right? Just go into it. There's a million different things you can do, right? To your point, like going to the gym, spinning, I don't know, playing tennis or like some, there's so many different things you can do, but somehow, you know, we get stuck with, uh, you know, I don't like to go to the gym. Well, to your point, if you do go, you'll probably start feeling the benefits of it, but that doesn't mean that you can't move your body. That's the key. And it's the same thing with mental fitness. Maybe you don't like meditation. I'm not a huge fan. And I know all the science behind it. I like breath work more. So while, why, why keep resisting you know, the practice when there's, there are other things that I can do, right? So it's the same thing with mental fitness. It's just, I think the key or the theme is to just to go into all of this stuff, just curious, right? Just curious. Beautiful. And uh, since you mentioned questions and uh, how questions have been transformative for you and for your journey, I, I would like to, to, to kind of maybe get into this topic a little more, starting yeah. with, uh, with uh, asking you a question. <laughs> so when, when did questions become important to you and and as i heard from from kind of listening and researching you there was a specific time in in your life a specific question that was important for you to get onto this journey yeah well there were two there were two big moments that i can you know now in retrospect look back to see how questions have really formed uh who i am today and and what really lights me up the most about you know, life and, and work and the people get to speak with and, and work with. One was, you know, we we've touched on a little bit was in those 
you know, in the early days of studying other people and noticing that they were asking really powerful questions, right? That started for me, it started the journaling practice. It started to train my mind to be more curious and see the questions in, 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 in front of me. So that I did for, for, did and continue to do, um, but did it for about, I'd say 10, 12 years until getting to a point where an idea sparked. And the idea was this practice of journaling has been so transformative for me personally and professionally, yet I feel like most people don't have a clue on what it's all about and how to do it. Or they have a Hollywood version of it, which is, you know, the young child in a dimly lit room kind of journaling about the crush at school, which, again, there's nothing bad about that. But that's not what I was noticing, <clears throat> excuse me, studying all of these leaders and these 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 brilliant thinkers. Their journaling was how do we, how, you know, if I think of, you know, recently I just wrote a profile on Elon Musk. I mean, all of his companies started with questions and then even more importantly, started with or continued with deeper questions and first principle style questions to get right to the core of something. So that's when it becomes really interesting. So what happened is I, you know, myself and my brother-in-law, we, we partnered up and we launched one of the first guided journaling apps called Keo. And at that time, there was just a, nothing that existed like that. Um, the meditation apps were really starting to take off, calm and headspace. So there was some insight into, well, people are, you know, seem to be open to being guided digitally. So let's give this a, a try. And we did. And we, we launched the app. And within the first couple of years, we reached a bunch of people, nearly 90 million people in the first couple of years with about any kind of paid media. This was all collaborations and app store features and whatnot, which was wild. I mean, we're not app developers, by, and I, I still am not. I don't consider myself a developer. Um, but there's, there's, you know, as much as that whole business and that experience succeeded, there's an element that did fail and it failed financially. Um, and, you know, that's a whole other podcast, but the, because there's a lot of, uh, of learnings. But to, to answer your question about the question, during that time when I had to, you know, stare at this Apple dashboard, looking at this number that, you know, said 86.9 million people, people, the amount of people we reached, and my next step was hit delete from App Store all the wrong questions started to come up. Like, how could we fail at such a colossal level? You know, what will my family think? What about my ex-colleagues that had left this really well-paying and, and thriving job to go and pursue this, this wild idea? And, you know, here I am, you know, deleting it and feeling for the first time in my life, hopeless because I didn't want to go back to the industry I'd come from because I, I knew, it, you know, my core that this work around mental fitness is what I was meant to do. But I just deleted the path or the avenue to stay in it. At least what, that's what I thought at that time. So the long wind story for being long winded on this. But what happened next to stop my own mind from self-destructing because I could feel myself going into a, a deep depression. I sent an email to someone that I really respected and, and trusted and had interviewed a couple of times, Chip Conley. I said, Chip, here's the situation. Um, any advice? And he just replied with one question. And he said, Mark, what do you want for your life? And I remember thinking, isn't that interesting? You know, I'm starting to become known as the, the, the question guy. And what, what saves my mind from a really dark place is one question from someone else. And that's when the big second moment happened because the realization was, 
it doesn't matter who we are, where we're at, what's going on. We're all one question away from a completely different life. And for me, that was that question in that moment because it was posed by someone I trusted and respected and it was well-timed, right? Because if I ask that question today, it's helpful, but it doesn't have the same impact that it did when he asked it because he flipped my mind back out it took it out of a thriving or sorry, a survival state and into a thriving state. And I, you know, I, I really do believe we all have that question. That's the, you know, that's the grandiose version of we're all one question away from a completely different life, but we're also one question away from a different mood or mindset every, every moment of the day. And that's, that's what forms the core of my work at this point. And I surround all of that with the mental fitness to help set ourselves up to, um, to, to feel good and thrive. Mark, do you think we, we are wired to automatically ask the wrong questions and how can we learn to ask better questions? That's well said. Well said. I don't know if we're wired to ask the wrong questions, but we are, in, a, in an environment that naturally puts us in a negative state or a fearful state, right? If you think about what surrounds us all the time, day in, day out, the news, headlines, fear, this, that, that doesn't, it, it's just like, again, I, I'll draw the parallel to physical fitness or nutrition. I mean, if you're not intentional about going into a supermarket or grocery store, you're not coming out with healthy alternatives. You're coming out with what, you know, the successful marketing of the day is. And unfortunately, I wish this wasn't the case, but it's not the fruits and vegetables section or the healthy meats or whatever you're, you're, you're into. It's all the processed stuff. It's the snack stuff at the end of the aisles. Like literally that stuff will kill you. You know, if you continue to eat that, we're, we're not designed to eat that. So it's the same, the same thing is happening with our minds when it comes to our mental nutrition. We're, we're being fed um, content that is typically, if we don't curate it, if we don't curate it, is typically negative. So then that is what fuels in, oh, well, I'm not enough. Or how come they're doing so well? Looks like life is great on that Instagram reel. How come I, I can't do that, right? That's where all that stuff is coming from. But we can control that. I mean, we can just like you can set up, you know, your physical environment to be organized or clean and you know you put your mind in a healthy or clean state. You know, you can set up your content to do that as well. And for me, during that morning flow, that morning practice, there's, there are no inputs that are coming in other than the ones that are sitting on my desk in the form of books, or I have an iPad that is 100% notification free. So any app I go to, I'm going there within my, within my own intention. And those are just small little micro shifts, but help at least for me start the day on my own terms and get what I need out of it. Because I know once I go into the regular society, I'm going to get hit. You know, so I rely on that early morning training day in, day out to be able to handle those hits because it's just it's inevitable. You know, as much as I, I wish that wasn't the world we live in, it's just I think we need to be realistic that, that that's the that's the operating environment. So what can we do to thrive in an environment like that? 
And, you know, there are many things, but one of the big ones for me is, is to have these mental fitness practices in play to train our mind, right? For those in the moment moments, but also as a preventative measure as well. What I hear is to prevent the mental autopilot, especially when it's not serving us and, and to, to be quicker to get aware about your mind playing games and asking questions which are not going to serve you this very situation. Why is that happening to me? How could I be yeah. such a loser? I mean, great question, right? That's yeah. uh, <laughs> not yeah. really productive. Um, no. as, opposed to, as opposed to who can help me to resolve this? Or... Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it, it kind of what, what, what I deployed this morning, you know, what's great right now? We forget about those things. And, and this, this can happen, you know, this can be a daily practice. You just, as you go through the day, just write down something. So that's in front of you with, it could be directly on a desk. If you have a glass surface or a cue card or a notebook, but have it in front of you, like write down the wins as you go throughout the day. And then by the time you get to the end of the day, you see this massive list, right? And think of the, the micro things, the small things, like even just enjoying a good quality cup of coffee, if that's your thing. Or, hey, yeah, you know what I had, uh, you know, I, I feel hydrated. The small things. Because we default to, yeah, I feel, you know, my, I have my health, my home, my family, which are all things to be grateful for. But it's the, it's the small things. Like, what is it about the home? Is it the fact that I, you know, have a functioning laptop that has good technology that allows me to do things like this? Most of the people in the world don't actually have this. So let's remember, right, how grateful that this stuff, you know, is here for us. And that's materialistic, obviously, but, you know, just even the feelings, you know, moments where I felt, you know, motivated and alive. And you start seeing this list develop. And that just by seeing the list develop keeps your mind in a thriving state and allows you to flip out of those other questions, right, that we get hit with. Talking about those other questions, I want to encourage and invite everybody to, to check out Mark's book personal Socrates. <laughs> I you. love audiobooks, so I'm listening. Yeah, to recorded it right here in this booth. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And you can listen to how many hours of, of uh, Mark's mindful and present voice. And, and, and I got to say, I love it, man. And the, the reason I love it is, first of all, I love listening to your voice. That's one. And, <laughs> and it's you. all this kind of philosophical sort of, you know, triggering thoughts, self monologues in a way but yeah. but i think i think what's very interesting about the book and i it took me a bit to get used to the style of it because it's very different than the usual normal book every chapter you are exploring a uh, personality mm -hmm. and 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 a question that you connect to this personality so so I, i would love you if you can kind of give us an idea about how did you come up with the idea to structure the book this way and and is every every question coming out of an interview that you saw with this person or maybe you interviewed them or, or is that your interpretation about something that they were doing? Yeah. Well, a couple questions there. I mean, one um, regarding the opening question for each chapter and just for everyone listening, the book is structured and it was intentionally designed to be short digestible chapters. So if, if you have no mental fitness practice in place, or if even if you do have one in place, 
I, you, you know, it's been the thing about releasing a book is it, it, it gets used in a whole bunch of different ways. And that's actually quite magical to see how people are interpreting the book. And, and that's been really fun. But the way I intended it to be in you used was as your coffee is brewing, your tea steeping in the morning. I know that those chapters are will take you four to seven minutes to read again because I did the audio book. So it's not long. But in those in those minutes, the, the questions and the stories, uh, it's my hope or my intention, have the power to shift your mindset immediately or get you to think a little bit differently or start your day in a good, thriving mindset. So that's that's how the book was intended to be consumed um, or, or used. Now, the way the way the way it was structured, the way, you know, the the, the guests I guess I can say, I can't say guess for everyone. Cause I'd say a third of the people profiled in the book I have interviewed the, everyone that's still alive today, uh, I have interviewed and went back, listened to our interview in, in combination with studying more of their work and reading their books and so forth. And basically just took it all in and then zoomed all the way out to see what is the core theme here with their work or their life or their story and how can that flip into a big opening question? And this is where the Socratic method comes in. So a big question that gets you to, you know, stops you in your tracks. Like, how can I be, I'm thinking of Robin Williams. How can I be unapologetically myself? It's a big question. But then the next four to six minutes lead you through other questions and practices to help you get to that answer in a more uh, digestible and, and simple manner. But doing that through the lens of Robin's story and his work and how he used comedy in the stage to, you know, take his mind and be truly himself, for example. Um, now, he's one that I didn't interview. Same with, obviously, someone like Marcus Aurelius uh, or Coca Chanel's in there, or Maya Angelou, Jane Austen. I mean, these are Jane Austen, I think, didn't become I'd have to reread that chapter, but I don't think her work uh, became what? known mm -hmm. until 100 years after she died. It's crazy. I, I, I was that's that's super interesting that you're you're going to her because from all the chapters, my next question was about the question that she asked. Oh, <laughs> or really? The question that like, literally, I was just, I was just, yeah. On, like, here's the questions, right? And I was like, I, I just, I just can't wait for Mark to tell me about this question, which is, which is great. How how we are kind of thinking in a way, like like <laughs> in some crazy yeah. universal way. But the question that at least you added to the book related to her is. Who are the characters of my internal empire? Yeah. So that's a, I'm glad you brought her her chapter up because it's a perfect example to explain kind of how the flow went. Because obviously, you know, that I shouldn't say obviously, it's possible that she could have left a question like that. But at least from what I know, I haven't read uh, in an article or someone covering her work that she left that question. That question came from studying legendary pieces of 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 literature that she wrote about and coming to this realization that to have to have yourself pulled in and to have books like hers and novels stand the test of time and be literally in education systems to this day it has to be written well and it has to be compelling and to be written well and compelling there's typically a whole bunch of different characters that make up the story arc of that book or novel and that's when it clicked for me well who who are those characters in my life you know like 
why don't we take a minute to just pause and think about who's really affected our lives up until this point. And now we all have the power as well. Either we can continue going down that track or we can write the next chapter. We can put in a plot twist. You know, we have control to do that. And it's, it's marrying up inspiration from someone like Jane Austen and what made her work so legendary, then applying it to some self-reflection on how we can write, you know, our own story. You know, we don't have to be a best-selling author to do that. We can write our own story today and, and start working towards, you know, where we want that to end. And that's how the book is structured. And, and Jane Austen is an example, but there's a similar theme with Picasso um, around, you know, art and painting and so forth. Then you have, you know, different people like Kobe Bryant and, and Apollo Ono and the sport world billionaires, uh, other creatives and so forth. So it's just to try to bring different stories and perspectives. And I'm sure you heard this in the intro, but the way, the way I suggest people consume it is, is not necessarily to read it cover to cover or listen to it cover to cover, but to go into the table of contents and, and see what question or person draws your attention because intuitively that's probably the piece of content that will help you most in this moment. And just like we've been talking about physical fitness and mental fitness, then that will lead to the next profile or question. And all of a sudden now it becomes very intentional and useful to you specifically wherever you're at in your life right now. My intention from this podcast episode is for people to get inspired, to ask themselves better questions and um, for that to happen, I feel like we can maybe explore a few more of the questions that you ask in the book. Sure. Because they're brilliant questions and it could be inspiration for people to either use these questions or go and find questions that are relevant for their situation in the moment. But I think examples are always a good way to start. Yeah. By the way, I'm smiling when you when you talked about uh, Jane Austen and her question because the first ever speech forward slash workshop I did was called life is like a movie uh, where yes. I was, I was drawing, uh, you know, practical knowledge from my time as a movie producer and movie director to, yeah. to, to kind of create the toolbox for people to start seeing their lives as, as if they were the directors and producers and, and main characters, which they are, mm -hmm. but, but not always consciously we say, you know, if I'm the producer of my movie, if I'm the screenwriter of my story, what's the next chapter? What you just said, right? Yeah. What would be the next chapter if I want this story to be a comedy or or like a like a fun uh, love story or whatever, right? Like, yeah. what if what if we start designing intentionally? Yeah. Well, so can I share uh, an evening practice in that theme? Okay, great. So one of the things that I, I, I do myself and also suggest quite often is exactly the language that, that you just mentioned. You know, let, let's play out the, our own movie, play out the story to our own movie. And you, what you can do is right before you go to sleep is, close, you know, your, your pillow, your head hits the pillow and you close your eyes and start playing that out. You know, if you if you want to be traveling to Rome or something uh, overnight and living a certain life and the certain, there's certain people around you, there's nothing stopping you from going there in your mind first before you realize it in the material, real physical world. 
And often, and we know the thing is we know this with athletes because this is a common thing. They visualize the race. They visualize how they're going to feel. They visualize how they're going to, um, you know, um, uh, address a problem that may happen as they're, you know, ripping down the downhill ski run. They've, they've played a lot of this out already so that when they, when they get into that environment, they're, they don't, they're not flipping into survival mode. They're, they're relying on their training. Now you can do the same thing with obviously if you're giving uh, you know speech or if you have to if, you know present in front of the team you're trying to present to get a, a million dollar budget for your brand i mean go through the flow of how how you're going to feel in front of those people and how you want them to feel when you're done and just setting those intentions and feeling it out i'm always blown away at how that whole thing typically materializes almost exactly how you know you play it out in your mind now those are very intentional use cases but it, it can be just a real fun process of going to bed not in an anxious loop or worrying about your to-do list and just play out that movie like no rules doesn't have to lead to anything but just allow your mind to go and and, and dream and, and and do it right it's so fun yeah you're literally programming your mind about where to focus there's so yeah. much science behind it as well but yeah but it's also a good practice so so hopefully people listening you're taking notes and, and maybe tonight you want to give it a try and and try to visualize the movie of your life of your next day of of you achieving your goals and and killing the dragon and like you know yeah yeah well, and you'll print, whatever faster. it is for you that's the other thing. I mean, there's a whole industry on this. Calm's the biggest thing in their meditation app is sleep stories. So, there, I mean, there's a reason they have that. It works. So you'll also, if you if you have a hard time falling asleep, it's it instead of having you know some, a narrator from Calm read you uh, you know a Cinderella movie, why don't you just play out your own movie and fall asleep it, and bring in some it. visualization there. So, so the next question that popped into me, and you said you should intuitively look into it. So I kind of intuitively did. Um, and it's actually a person that I admire and uh, I've been inspired for years following uh, him. This is uh, Chase Jarvis. Oh, yeah. Um, and you, he questioned... you recently interviewed him, didn't you? No, I haven't. I haven't. Okay. No. Okay. I, I thought haven't. you did. I would love to, though. I would love to. I've, uh, I've been in touch a little bit on Instagram, so okay. I would love to, to, to get in touch. I don't know him personally yet. So, But the, the question you relate to him is, what is my inner calling? Yeah. Yeah. That's so to answer, that's a big question. That's almost like a, who am I question, um, which I suggest, you know, if you're, if you're called to go there right away, great, go for it, go down that, that road. But I also suggest that to answer a question, what is my inner calling? We have to try to break away some of the other mental clutter. And what I mean by that is, is this is a perfect example, you know, Make sure you're sleeping properly. Start checking in with yourself in the in the mornings just to just to get to this place so that you can answer that question as clear as possible and that you're not getting surface level answers. Because it's hard to answer a question like what is my inner calling if you're running to the next meeting, you know, or if you're stressed about making rent or your mortgage payment and whatnot. Like you need to be in a place where your mind is still. So you again, you can do that right now. One one of the ways you can do that is is write that question down in a notebook uh, in the evening, go to sleep, and then wake up. And the first thing you do after a big glass of water is answer that question and keep going until 
you know, you've got a couple pages because then you'll, you know, you, 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 you don't have the influence and the inputs of the outside world that typically will hijack our mind. Right. So it's a way to get, way to get clear. And Chase, you know, Chase went through, Chase went through a lot of interesting situations. For those of you who don't know him, he's a, he's an award-winning entrepreneur, um, really well-known photographer working on huge campaigns with Nike and, and with professional athletes and extreme sports, um, built one of the largest online learning platforms, Creative Live, which I can't remember who that sold to, but sold to someone recently. Um, and all of that wouldn't have been possible if he would have continued down his original path, which was, I can't, I think it first was uh, to be a professional athlete. Uh, I think he was playing soccer and there was something there. He was going, he was going to school on a full scholarship. There was something though that, that told him like, that's not my path. And then his parents um, and, and people and his mentors and whatnot said, well, if you're not going to do that, then, you know, you need to become a, a lawyer or a doctor or something like that. It was a professional career. And, you know, he started going down that route as well. But it wasn't until he got clear on like, what is, and hence the question, my inner calling. And that's a question. So that's an example of a question from, you know, the actual subject, because I did interview him and, and felt that that was a really good opening prompt, that then he, he stepped into his true calling, his true passion. And look what he's been able to do, not just for himself, but the amount of people he's been able to impact through his his creative art as well as education and, and so forth. And I think we just all deserve that opportunity, right? There's nothing worse than hearing stories where people get to their deathbed and they have this regret, like, I wish I would have done this. And it doesn't have to be like that right and you don't have to do it all overnight i mean he didn't create all of that stuff within you know a week there's there was some some pain and some up and down and whatnot but if we can get clear on understanding where we are or who we are today and who we want to be and what what that looks like then at least we can see and, and make some subtle adjustments along the path right and get there which is crazy because it's no, we do this in business all the time. Where's the brand today? Where do we want the brand to be at the end of the year? Financial targets, brand recognition targets, all of this stuff is normal, right? We go and what are the tactics that are going to get us there? You know, brands that do really well are really dialed in on their strategy and make adjustments when they make sense. But for the most part, stay super focused on getting to that, that, that end goal. But most of us don't have a strategy like that, a brand plan for our minds and our lives, which is like the biggest brand of all. And by the way, uh, Chase is somebody who's been quite influential for my own journey. Um, yeah. yeah, you, you listen to so there. many. I mean, look, man, you, you 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 listen to so many of these people if you're into the interested in leadership and personal growth. But specifically with Chase, I've probably learned so many things. But there was one. There was one video I was watching where he did this video with a um, with another photographer, and they yeah. have all these tips how to find your calling, like different kind of things. Um, and at the end of the video, he was like, "Oh, by the way, just wanted to share something else." Uh, he was saying, "Bonus, bonus, bonus tip." I'm like, "Oh, what is that?" And, and then this other guy was like, "Look, I, I met Chase several years ago, and I was doing photography." And then Chase was like, "Okay, you're a great photographer, but..." 
what is the one thing that you're really unique at? Because you can be easily replaced because there's nothing unique. Who are you? What is something that's unique about you? Find yeah. that, you know, focus on it, monetize it. And he left. And the guy was like, went home depressed. And he's like, man, I'm not, I'm not the best in anything. I'm not the best <laughs> photographer. I'm not the best editor. I'm not the best in this or that. And then, and then it clicked. And it, it clicked for him. And it was yeah. like, what if I see myself as a, as a combination, as a package yeah. of all my, all my strengths, passions, experiences, stories. And, and instead of I'm not the best photographer, well, I'm a photographer, but I also really good in practical things, or I'm yeah. also, I have experience in extreme sports in the, in the example of this guy. So, mm -hmm. so it's like, okay, now that I see myself as this combination, there's nobody like me. Yeah. And this by was, default, this was, it's unique. This was yeah. a game changer, man. This, this totally transformed my, my professional and personal journey. Yeah. Well, it gives you the confidence, right? To go for it, knowing that, okay, I am unique and I do have a certain set of experiences and skills and perspectives that, you know, what, depending on what you're doing, but knowing your work that can help a lot of people. Right. And that's, and I, I, I see myself in the same way. It took a while to, to come to that realization as well. But like I said, I'm not inventing these practices. I don't consider myself Tony Robbins, who's someone that I've looked up to and learned a lot from. But I do know that there are some, some, some things that I hear often from, from people with feedback. And, and some of those things are having the ability to take and distill a bunch of information and knowledge and whatnot and make it very simple and practical to implement, which is the mental fitness strategist piece of it. But then I think the unique part of the story, at least for me, is having all of this content and, and all of these interviews and stories to match the story with the appropriate practice for the team at question or, or in question or the individual. Because it's like I said, it's not it's not the practice. It's how the practice, you know this from storytelling and you just demonstrated you've heard that stuff probably in different ways but it wasn't until you heard it from chase jarvis someone that you really respected that uh i get that right or um, in my case it's okay well maybe they're gonna get the michelin star chef if i'm talking to a hospitality group or something like that because now i'm talking about the same thing but i'm i'm speaking their language and that's the difference and that's the part that lights me up because as someone as 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 I consider myself a strategist like that's connecting the dots and it makes everything unique because it's I can't just deliver the exact same presentation or speech or, or workshop. I mean, there's, of course, similarities, but I have to sit back and think, OK, I can pull this, that and that. And then away we go. That's fun to me. And this is who you are. You, you can win the game before you reinvent the rules. Because if you're trying to play the game of being a motivational speaker and, and play the game of Tony Robbins, the Tony Robbins way, like, hey, make you move, let's move. Like, you know, yeah, like, with the clapping that we did. <laughs> yeah. <Let's say> yes. <laughs> yeah. No, love yeah. Tony. Tony is amazing, oh, yeah. right? He's incredible. But but he's he's owning his energy, he's owning himself yeah. and his strengths. And for those of you listening, especially the young leaders listening, you're unique. You're unique. Don't don't try to be like Mark or like Tony Robbins or like uh, Ryan Holiday. I mean, get inspired. Get inspired. Yeah. There's a lot of great practices, but 
what if you see the beauty in you? What if you start reflecting and asking yourself, what are the things that come natural to me? Yeah. I love to do these things. Yeah. Know, I'm, I'm naturally talented. Like it's just easy for me to do it. Yeah. Let me make a big list. What are all my networks of people that I met, experiences that I had? I'm coming from Africa. Okay, amazing. That's not the that's not something to to be ashamed of. Like you know, many people, myself included. I I was studying in Denmark, a guy mm -hmm. from Eastern Europe, and I'll always be like, oh, I'm an Eastern European guy. You know, there's a lot of stereotypes about Eastern European people, sure. right? And and it's like, no man, shift yeah. it. This yeah. is amazing. You know, in Eastern Europe, hey man. You 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 gotta you gotta show up. You you gotta. There's no excuses. We don't have excuses. Custom like, hey man, yeah. you gotta. You, you can do anything for no budget. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're yeah. resilient. Like there's yeah. so many beauty, beauty things about it. So, um, yeah, yeah I hope people it's, listening it's, can can get that. It's man. Powerful. It's powerful. I mean, one thing you did say about the about reinventing the rules and and whatnot that I've I've I resonate with, and I've learned something recently on this as well because I think I mentioned that it. Uh, earlier at the top of the conversation that I've been working on this docu-series, this film project. And I was studying, you know this, because you know that I have zero experience in this world. This is your past world. So, you know, to, to try to figure it out in a way, I've been, uh, I signed up for masterclass, hence, you know, the, the people I'm studying. And I just started taking classes with directors, producers, screenwriters, actors, and so forth, just to understand the rules that that industry plays within historically and i think it was it was in a in a session with martin scorsese where he said something that really resonated he said you know to to do really well in this in this industry um you have to break the rules but you have to understand the rules first to break them and that really hit home so you know it it fueled my motivation because of you know by default i was coming in i'm like i'm coming in with a really fresh naive set of eyes and I'm going to try to put these pitches together in the way that I would do it. But, and I have done that, but I need to understand how people typically pitch concepts and pilots and things like that. It's just so I can understand that, okay, well, if I'm going to do it a little bit differently, um, this is how others are, are approaching the subject and then start to work the magic to, to stand out in a, in a unique way, but not too far that, you know, it's overlooked. That is such a great clarification. Thank you for including that as well. It's kind of like learning to drive a car. You know, it's not like, let me find my own style. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, you, you... Well said. <laughs> let me find my own style. <laughs> Sorry about Beautiful. that. <laughs> Beautiful. Mark, I, I think we can we can start wrapping up. And, yeah. and I found the, yeah. the, the, maybe the perfect question, at least that intuitively came to my attention. So probably that's it was meant to be. And and this is uh, a question that you asked to Daniela Fernandez, not not Ooh. to her, but but it's connected to her. And the question is, how do I shift fear to impact? Yeah, that's a great great way to close. Because you know, and this is probably why you're asking this. I mean, we we do walk around with a lot of fear, and there's a lot of fear around us uh, often. So the way that at least that I do it is to remember that. There, there have been big moments, at least in my life, professionally and personally, where those situations, you know, new projects, let's say the book, the podcast, the app, uh, the film series. Now, they all started with fear around 
how am I going to do this? And if it doesn't work, you know, what, what are the ramifications and so forth? But then there's a whole other set of circumstances that you can then or experiences that you can stack in at those moments where those same feelings were there that then shifted into a great, you know, you conquered that fear. So I think of the app, even though it financially failed, there's not a lot of people that can say that they built an app that reached that many uh, amount of people. So I know it's possible, right? And it's like, wow, I didn't know anything in that space. Well, how can I apply that to, you know, starting to write the first book where, you know, I could have been plagued and with fear, right? So I think, you know, to, sh- to shift fear, you, you, you have to understand where it's coming from, but then also a way to, to shift it is to stack in the moments where you know you conquered fear in the past and use that as motivation and confidence to then move forward, right? And then, you know, hopefully what you're working on has some sort of impact um, for yourself as well as, as many others in some capacity. Beautiful, man. Beautiful, beautiful way to, to, to wrap this uh, episode. And, and it's the, the hour just went like, yeah, like went. a minute. Sure. <laughs> and I'm, I'll be super happy to have you back because there's so many topics that I would like to explore in, in, in bigger depth. Uh, but before, before we close this episode, I just want to inspire everybody once again uh, to go to your favorite platform, whether it's a paper or, or Kindle or if you're like me, Audible. Um, yeah even though I also read a lot of paper books and, and check out Personal Socrates by Mark Chapin. Um, we've already kind of discussed, we kind of scratched the surface. There's so much uh, depth in this book. Go check it out. Uh, make sure to check out Behind the Human podcast available on any platform, pretty much any major platform. Um, Mark, what's, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the podcast? What, what do you discuss there? What's the structure of the podcast these days? Yeah, I mean, it's more of what you'll experience in the book in the sense of having conversations with interesting people that have done, you know, uh, inspiring things. And I'm my job is to unpack that story, but most importantly, understand the questions that help them, you know, do those interesting things and the questions that help them keep their mind, you know, in a healthy place. And then, of course, the practices. Um, which, you know, we've talked a lot about that, but the idea is not to try to provide a prescription, but more so, oh, interesting. Like I never thought about doing that. And that's what lights me up because that's how my practices continue to evolve is just someone says something on the show where, okay, I can see, I can try that in my routine and, and we'll see where it goes. So, so yeah, that's, that's behind a human and uh, thank you for all the love on the book. And I see from when you put up the phone, you're on chapter five, which is Stephen Hawking. That's one of my favorite chapters so anyone that picks it up uh enjoy that one he's one inspiring human being absolutely absolutely and just just finally mark so we can we can wrap it up properly where could people find you get in touch with you maybe there's other podcasters out there maybe there's entrepreneurs maybe there's companies that potentially might use your help and assistance uh how could they find you and how can you help uh, organizations to thrive yeah. Well, I mean, the easiest place is just behindthehuman.com. Everything flows from that uh, that website. And I mean, there's ways to contact, whether it's social or email and so forth. I'm, I'm accessible. And then when it comes to companies, it's really, I mean, for me, what it lights me up is understanding where the company's at, what the, what the pulse of the culture is uh, today, 
where they're trying to go, what's going on with their strategy and their brands and their, and their mission and whatnot. And then, you know, like we talked about just curating some mental fitness practices that will help them get there. Um, not just faster or more efficiently, but in a good, healthy way so that there can be sustained performance and not just little hits of performance that lead to burnout. I love it, man. Sustainability and performance, looking at yeah. the long run, yeah. focusing on mental fitness, having a productive, but also healthy, happy, fulfilling environment. I love it, man. What a great way to, to wrap it up. So everybody go check out everything Mark is doing and if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe on your favorite platform, Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, anything. We are everywhere. So subscribe, uh, listen to 164 more episodes with amazing yes. people like Mark. <laughs> subscribe to Behind the Human Podcast and uh, have a freaking amazing day. Keep okay. performing. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to subscribe to my monthly newsletter by visiting stoeniankov.com and also learn about the Perform Methodology and the Perform Book, as well as our various personal and team coaching offers. Stay tuned and keep performing.